Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 97. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I'm your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you for tuning in today. And let me just say before we get started today that the Adamantium Podcast stands for Race Equality and Black Lives Matter. I'm sure most of you listening to this podcast would not consider yourself a racist, but I encourage you at this time to use this time as self-reflection. I myself am a straight white male. I grew up in a very nice neighborhood. I'm pretty much the definition of privilege. At the same time, I was very lucky to grow up in a city that's multicultural. I went to school with kids of all walks of life, of all races. I mean, my classmates were still majority white, but we all learned at a young age to include one another and love one another. There's a great quote that's been going around that says, No one is born hating another person because of the color of their skin or background or their religion. People must learn to hate, and if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love, for love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. And it's quite interesting. I I, I never even realized until I was a little older that not everybody had that same opportunity growing up. I lived very close to a, a Jewish neighborhood, for instance. Half my friends growing up were Jewish. And it was actually an an ex-girlfriend of mine who grew up in Michigan. When we started dating, she told me she had never met Jewish people before. And that, that baffled me. Point being that if you didn't grow up in an area like I did, where there were many people of different walks of life... Then, then do the research that you need to do to uh, act appropriately. Like I said, I personally have been using this time as a time of self-reflection. Absolutely, everybody has ignorances and prejudices. It's built, it's engraved into our culture. I'm absolutely guilty of it too. And we all need to reflect on ways that we can all be better. It is absolutely horrifying that we needed an incident like the murder of George Floyd and, and many others to ignite this time of reflection and change. What happened to George Floyd could have happened to any person of color. And think back to when I was a teenager, I used to attend a youth group at a local church called Castlefield Christian Fellowship. It's it's now since changed names. But I used to go on a Friday night. It kept me out of trouble. And a majority of the congregation at that church uh, were Nigerian. And they were just naturally the kindest, most warm-hearted people And they played an absolutely pivotal role in such an influential time in my life. And I believe that they greatly helped form me into the man uh, that I am today. And so I think of any one of them being in the place that that George Floyd was in. And it's absolutely heartbreaking, especially when you put it on a, a personal perspective that way. So yes, now is a time to absolutely stand for change. It is a time to exercise our right to protest. It's a time to have our voices heard by political leaders. And this is not just an American problem. It's a global problem. If you think that here in Canada there is no racism, then then you are being ignorant. And anyways, I, I mean, I'm nobody, but I feel like if you have any kind of platform at all, you should be speaking your mind at the moment. If you feel motivated to donate to a cause, do so. If you feel motivated to protest, do so. I would encourage peaceful process, especially I I do believe that destructive behavior sends a mixed message. There is a a great speech done by the rapper Killer Mike in Atlanta last week. If you haven't heard it, 
he says it in better words than I will, that there is a strategic way to protest without burning our houses down. And if you are protesting, let's also remember that we are still in the middle of a global pandemic. So let's make sure we're being responsible as well, uh, wearing masks, but also keeping physical distance. The last thing you want to do is then bring coronavirus back home to your parents, grandparents, and, and now we've got more deaths on our hands. So like anything, do what you do with passion, but do it safe, do it responsibly. And let's move on to today's episode. Today we've got... Lauren Mayberry, the lead singer of the indie band Churches, back on the podcast. It was really, really cool to connect with Lauren again. We had Churches on the podcast about a year ago when they were in Toronto. Obviously, as this is one of our stay-home episodes, I had to speak to Lauren over Zoom since we're all still in quarantine. But I was super excited to have her back on because Churches is the one of the best bands going right now. And they've had some interesting successes lately. So not only we do chat about music, we also do chat about race equality and many other things. If you are new to Church's music, we like to do a little recommendation segment on the podcast. And I think we did it last time Churches were on as well, but we are going to do it again. So here are five songs recommended by the Adamantium podcast that you could check out before or after the interview. So the first two songs I'm going to recommend are songs that we talk about in the interview. One is called Death Stranding. It was made for a video game. The second one is called Forever, which is from the album Love is Dead. And I love that album, so I'm going to recommend two more songs from that album. They're called Get Out and Never Say Die. And then from their album Every Open Eye, I'm going to recommend the song Leave a Trace. Now, if you're a Churches fan tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the first time today, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in. We're glad to have you. You've probably heard all those songs before. We would absolutely love for you to tune in again sometime. We've also got 96 other episodes you could peruse through, including one other one with Churches. So I would absolutely love it if you hit that subscribe button. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Now I've spoken a lot in this intro, so we're going to get things moving. So without further ado, here's episode number 97 of the Adamantium podcast featuring Lauren Mayberry of the band Churches. Enjoy everyone, have a great week, and be safe. Yeah, I mean, three, yeah, three months, three months in now to quarantine. Mm. And um, how, how has that life been, been with you? Um, yeah, I guess I feel like now there's like multiple factors in play. But um, yes, I've been doing the quarantine as you should be. Yeah. Um, you can, obviously. And uh, when did that start of March? Second week of March? Yeah. So um, we were about three weeks maybe into writing the new Church's record when all the lockdown measures went into place. So, mm. uh, yeah, we all went home to our separate places and uh, Martin and I uh, are living in Los Angeles at the moment. So, yeah. uh, yes, there's definitely other factors happening right now. Of course, um, of course. the protests mm. as well. So, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about that too. Uh, mm. But starting with, yeah, I mean, one of my questions already was what, what kind of place were you guys in? I know there was a tour that was supposed to happen in June with Halsey 
and kind of where were you guys at when the announcements of isolation started and what did you guys kind of have to do? When did you realize you were going to kind of have to put everything on halt? And um, I guess we've been thinking about it because we've followed the news to an extent, but because mm-hmm. Ian, Ian was out in Los Angeles and needed to figure out if he should go home, if he should mm-hmm. stay here with us, what he should do. So yeah, we were trying to figure that out. Um, and then we just kind of made the decision, let's be safe. And then everybody just needs to stay the fuck still. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. If you don't need to be doing anything and you're lucky enough to not have to be doing anything, then you should just stay still. So that's the decision that we made. Um, yeah, we were very lucky in a way because we just toured for basically two years on an album. So in terms of where people are sitting in the music industry, we're really lucky because we just worked for two years. Right. And that's a very different situation than folk trying to put out records now, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, so we lost the summer tour, which has been rescheduled for 2021. Um, but yeah, beyond that, like we're very lucky to get to stay home you know to be able to afford to work from home and do that so hmm. um, I, I saw that you got yourself some some isolation kitties as well I did well yes I feel I feel bad that anything positive has come out of this situation but uh, yeah. yeah I wanted I had cats when I was growing up and I've wanted to get my own cats for yeah. I don't, think I don't think it's a bad way to I think it's a good way to look at it that I think we should yeah. pull out the positive yeah. things out of this and I always say Oh, sorry, my my boyfriend put the little hoover on before he left, and I can hear it getting stuck in the hallway. And that's not good for your podcast audio. That's okay. Hold on, you just shut. There we go. Sorry about that. But this is real. This is real. This is the real stuff. Uh, <laughs> that was my influencer voice. Sorry about that. When I was like, everyone's been asking me about my skincare routine. Have they? Have they? Has anyone? Anyway, um. Yeah, I always wanted to get cats, but then I was like, it's kind of irresponsible for touring all the time, and I'm not going to be here. And then right. I was like, well, plus side of uh, having no touring for the foreseeable future. I like when we first, when things were first rescheduled, people were like, oh, summer 2021 is very overly cautious, and now people are like, summer 2021. Ooh. Oh, don't say. That. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. But yes, I have small feline beasts. Um, I shut them out of the room for this because they've been in the room on other things and they usually uh, start shooting. Well, don't mind. My, my, my isolation beast is, is in the room with me too, actually, but she's busy chewing on a stick, so she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> actually, here, you, if you can see me, you can see her. Oh, uh, oh <laughs> and now you can hear it's her. like, not without my consent yeah. to be on the camera. Yeah, there you go. I think one of the neighbors came home. That's, uh, oh. <laughs> um, so what's it, tell me what it's like, um, like now in the in middle of writing a uh, an album, now being all separate. Does that yeah. make things very complicated? Um, it was complicated at first, for sure. Because mm-hmm. um, even though I was thinking about this, like recently, this is the longest we've ever gone without seeing each other, the folk right. in the band, since yeah. we met. Like, I feel like the longest we've ever had away from each other is maybe like, two weeks right like people went on holiday between a tour or something but hmm. um yeah so it's interesting like at first i thought we were going to be really efficient and i was like i'm gonna write all my lyrics in a week it's gonna be amazing hmm. um but i don't i feel like it's not we had to figure out how to get workflow going so that we all feel connected to it especially when you're in different time zones because technically i can sit and write in this room and that's great but 
if you're just writing by yourself and there's nobody else to play off of or you have to wait till somebody wakes up to have the full discussion about it, then it does feel a bit like I'm screaming into a void, kind of. Right, yeah. You know, like, the, we have the title and, like, the concept and we know what we're doing. But mm-hmm. even if I try and get into that headspace, if it's just me alone in a room, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Which I didn't think is stranger than I thought it would be because I always write lyrics by myself anyway. But right. if you're not, if none of the other creation is happening in a way that feels together, even if it's not physically together, then that mm-hmm. was difficult. But we set, like, a, it's really... Very cool, but we've set ourselves a, a schedule that we meet up at certain points every day and we talk about things or, yeah, we have like a screen sharing, audio sharing software so we can, okay. so so can, we can do it that way, which I think has been more helpful than sending voice memos. At I June. was going to say, do you kind of send bits of a song to each other and then you each work off of it? Are you able to work simultaneously? Um, we figured out a way that we can, the guys can both be in a session at the same time so okay we'll be technically recording things in and then i'll hang out and what we are on of call mm. at the same time so yes. we can access the program we can talk and then if it comes to recording then i'll just go away and record vocals and come back and so yeah we, we figured it out but yeah we're very lucky to have it like yeah the kind of music we make like we made the first two records at, in a basement studio in Glasgow that like is basically a studio flat. It's an apartment. It's not like mm-hmm. a professionally outfitted studio. So at least we have priors on it, and we have people in the band who have those skill sets. You know, so if right. those guys weren't here, I'd be I'd be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do any of that. When so. it comes when it comes time to record, would you have to if you know if this is still going? Would you have to I guess isolate altogether somewhere? Um, clear. I would say. Yeah. At this point, I feel like we could do everything apart from live drums or something. Like right, we, could, right. we can do all of that at home. So right. we're lucky to have the equipment and the skill set where we can technically do that. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about I'm like the vocals for the first two albums, I'm like those were recorded on like a decent nice mic and everything, but we didn't have like isolation boost for those. Like right. the first, yeah. everything on the bones of what you believe is recorded in the middle of just room. Mm-hmm. And it had like a, it had a mic dome and a pop shield and stuff, but beyond that, I was like, yeah, we weren't in like a fancy studio, so I kind of feel like you can get lost in the technology and the not that the yeah, obviously some things sound better than other things. If you're singing right into your computer mic, that's going to sound terrible. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's a balance to be struck. Like I was reading that most of that new Fiona Apple album was made at home by her on GarageBand. Really. So, you know, I feel like there's a balance, there's a balance to be struck. Yeah. And if anything good comes out of this situation, maybe it will change how right, people right. think about certain things in the industry yeah, and how yeah. the industry works, you know? So, we'll and, see. I mean, I've even noticed you guys have been very successful and you've been doing appearances. I saw you guys on Jimmy Fallon, uh, mm-hmm. all from your own homes. And... It was confusing to figure out, but yeah, right. like, I feel like that's a positive thing that's come out of it, is trying to figure out how you can be creative and connect with people if you can't physically be there right. so what we do is like touring that's how like touring and in stores and meet and greets and that's how you connect with people and make your band a real life thing but mm-hmm. I think that we probably have been quite lazy about connecting with people out with those touring routes like other than your social networks which don't exist the same way in every country like how do you mm-hmm. I read a thing that 
it was an interview with a bunch of artists, including Tina Sarah, and they had said in it that they want to be more conscious of their online footprint as well as their global environmental footprint. Right. And, you know, right. Like sometimes you're not touring in a place that people can see you or kids can't afford to come to the shows. And right. I feel like labels and media and stuff don't really put resource into that stuff. Hmm. They're like, oh, there's, a, there's, you know, your general online campaign, but it's not really how do you make an online street team where you can link right. it? It's not, it's not the full experience. Yeah. And now it's the only thing we can do. So I kind of feel like maybe a positive thing is however long we're in this situation, it's a lot of time for brainstorming of interesting things going forward. Yeah. Well, and I think you guys have done terrific. I mean, especially even that, that Jimmy Fallon appearance alone sounded really good. And I mean, all these changes happened pretty much overnight and you guys were able to pull something like that together that quickly is, is pretty impressive. Well, I guess it's tricky to figure out because you can't ever be fully live on those things. Okay. In that way. So we were like, how can you, how can we actually do what we know is a live performance, but mm. when it has to be pre-recorded for broadcast. So mm. we were lucky enough that our sound engineer uh, records the, like records into the desk every show we do. So each show he takes in a different instrument. So he technically had all these separated stems that were live. They're from a live show. And then uh, we just recorded a one-take live vocal and put that on top. And then that's what uh, was on. Okay. So, yeah. Because I've watched a lot of, like, Instagram live things of people. If Unless it's one person in a room, then there's always going to be latency or audio kind of. Right, some kind of lag or, yeah. Yeah. So we were like, we want it to be bespoke and, like, something fun for people to watch and tune into but not sound like shit so when you don't have the ability to travel at all right now do you miss home home like do you miss scotland glasgow uh yeah for sure like um i guess when we're touring we're away so much that i feel like that has been a good it's been good training for not being near people that you care Mm. about but also it's good training for staying inside to be honest like right. yeah, yeah. away places i don't tend to wander around a whole lot by myself mm-hmm. not that i don't love don't love, not that i don't love you guys <laughs> i love i love the people that love the band but you know it's a bit intense for a five foot two lady to be walking around by herself in that world so yeah, sure. um, you know every hotel room or green room when you get there you're in there for the most like 99 percent of the day unless the whole crew is going somewhere um so I feel like I'm kind of I'm like, yes, I can turn any hotel room into home office, home gym, spa, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's been helpful training. But yeah, it's, most of the time we'll go home to Scotland between any European shows. We'll go back there then. Right. Um, so yes, the inability to do that is quite weird. But then even if I was home, at this point, Scotland still has pretty strict lockdown conditions. And with all our parents being older, them anyways we're hanging out with them anyway so i'm like well i'm being on the tiny screen on the phone is about the same as what she would be right unless unless i guess you lock down with them and with them 24 hours (laughs) different kind of uh yeah different different type of intense yeah Yeah. that's for sure um you mentioned kind of too how um you guys have been lucky in timing at the moment and one other thing that was was kind of crazy that um, I mean, we didn't hear about so much here was that, uh, I mean, last time 
last time you I don't know if you remember when we met the last time we were in the venue yeah the, yeah yeah in the venue there was a beach party I was gonna say how different yeah. how different is this experience to the last experience where <laughs> there I mean, was the, the cabana pool party even in a pre-coronavirus world I still looked at that and was like that looks fucking gross <laughs> yeah. like, that is quite it was very slippery is how I would describe it yeah, it's it's um there's a certain group of 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 people that go to those. <laughs> um, I like they were having a great time. I was just like I don't know if I I don't I would feel a little intimidated getting out of there. Yeah, it, you know what it is? It's a certain and I, I think there's a certain um level of status or something there too. Um Yes, it felt I, like I was like we're going to get kicked out of like Right. It's going to be a you can't sit with us and I'm like I don't know if I want to do shooters with you and if that's Right, just... right. Yeah, and it becomes a thing like if you went to Cabana on the weekend. Oh. Uh, people on my podcast can't see my quotes, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's I know it's an interesting venue. It's a great venue. It's just in a very odd spot in the city. Um, but yeah, what a different experience to now where you're looking in my apartment. Basically, <laughs> and I don't have an operational camera, so you can't that's, see. That's all right. I just see a big yeah, LM. Can I... <laughs> oh, yeah. You can that's be picking your nose right now, and it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> um, but what I was going to say about timing also is that, um, you know, Love is Dead came out, what, two two years ago now. Um, and when we when we spoke last summer, so it was almost a year ago, we talked a lot about the song Never Say Die. And <laughs> recently what is two years later, the song forever just kind of blew up. So the question I had was how did, I mean, that, that came very much specifically with um, it being involved in the Netflix series. So tell me how it got connected with the Spanish Netflix series elite and how it kind of became synonymous with their third season. Um, well, we'd had a song in the first season of the show, I think. Um, and it was the music supervisor who really rooted for, for us on that sync okay. and uh, so when it came back around um people were like hey it's that show again do you guys want to put it in here's a description of the scene and we were like that sounds cool didn't really think about it beyond that we yeah. were just like, oh great that sounds great and it was only when it went <clears throat> sorry I have allergies in my see how can I... i'm not even outside it's unfair <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's from the cats i hope not oh no i mean take my eyes but not my cat yeah uh, <laughs> um <clears throat> But yeah, it was only when the show, the new series of the show went up that we saw stuff just kicking off on the internet. Mm-hmm. And, we're like, bad, bad. and didn't realize that it was going to be a recurring motif throughout the whole season. Right. So yeah, we were incredibly grateful and lucky because, you know, everything else about what we were doing was shut down and there was mm. no, there's no way to necessarily find new fans or maintain anything. So the timing of that was really, we were really grateful. But then it was weird because we were in lockdown trying to promote a single. Right. It was gross in a way. So I don't know. Yeah. But, and now yeah, there's, we we're really lucky. So yeah. 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 I mean, what what more can you ask for than a single to blow up two years after, you know, it's release? Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't one that anybody at any label talked about at the time as like, oh, that's thing. that's the thing. So the I think that's what's cool about it is that. Yeah. You know, when you talk about singles, it is mostly like, what do they think they can service to radio? And it's more organic, you know? Yeah, it's like people like that song because it's associated with something that they like and the emotion of it drew them into something. And I think that's a much more powerful way of doing it. Yeah. And I mean, now there's, I mean, I I read there was something like that. The streams went up like 900%. And there's like a TikTok dance to it now. And... (laughs) 
There was definitely a mad bump. Like I saw our manager sent us a, a link to, I think it was Rolling Stone or something. It was like okay. a think piece. A think piece about, it was like churches have survived in a post-pandemic universe because right. I was reading it and I was like, yes, that's true. But then in it, the, it was like a band of this stature must be able to command upwards of five figures for a sink like that. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like no, like not just a dick and talk out of turn, but I was like, yeah, like music media don't really know what actually, actually happened i read that article yeah and then i was like I really i don't well, i don't remember that and i, nah, went and I, and I was like and it was very they're very fair and generous but i was like it's really interesting that i feel like there's a lot of think pieces written on pay bands fairly from streaming services so i feel like a lot of media are across that yeah to a degree, but it doesn't really feel i was like oh yeah you guys aren't actually accurately understanding what the reality of Mm-hmm. being in a band is in this like t- how many t- what 15 20 years after people stopped buying records like right. right so i would love to say yes i'm sitting on like a giant futon made of gold but that's not a i would never do that and b that's totally not what happened so <laughs> well congratulations anyways and it is it is a fantastic song and if anything you know it made it probably even made your fans come come back to it yeah, and I think that for me is Enjoy the part again. That yeah. is more valuable from it. It's like right. that's how, like how we get to keep making records. Like how mm-hmm. we get to go and keep playing shows is trying to build and maintain and nurture like a sustainable fan base. You know, I would rather focus on that than a big spike here and there about something. And you know, God knows we we came, we saw, we left. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like that's what we're most grateful for is that. It's something, you know, something new for people who have followed the band for a while. They're like, oh, cool, they're doing stuff. And if you just discovered us because of that song, then that's great. We're so lucky to have that. And now we get to go make another record to hopefully keep. Right. Hey, don't leave. Don't leave us. (laughs) (laughs) We got more. Um, Well, actually, in speaking, I know that I know the guys are the big gamers in in the band. Mm -hmm. Um, But you guys, uh, one of my favorite video games from last year was a game called death stranding that you guys did the theme song for um and it was kind of one of those things i didn't know and then it was i was like playing it and i'm like is this is this churches and <laughs> uh yeah and one of one of my one of my friends too is uh played the game as well because the maker of that game makes one of his favorite series and churches is also one of his favorite bands so he messaged me he's like no way man this is unbelievable and uh so i wanted to ask how you guys got connected with the game and did you guys get to work with Hideo Kojima at all? Um, yeah, like that's originally, I remember the guys being really, really excited because mm-hmm. uh, Hideo liked some stuff online when our last record came out and they were like, oh, Kojima-san knows us, he's seen us. And they okay. were really excited about it. So, um, and then Ian and Martin have played so many of his games. Over the the Metal, I'm sure the, for the listeners, it's the creator yeah. of the Metal Gear Solid series, yeah. Um, so yes, they were huge fans of the universes that he creates anyway. And mm-hmm. we just kind of stayed in touch about, in theory, maybe we would get to go and see the studio and we go there, maybe we would get it. And then the conversations just kind of evolved from there. And it's one of the like best exp- pitch, pitch jobs, I guess is what it is, experience mm-hmm. I've ever had because they were just, they gave us the story of the game and let us see a bit of gameplay. Right. But then just talked about what it was that they wanted like emotionally from it yeah like, well, we want a church song that does that 
So we went and we tried to write that and we gave it back and they were like, that's, that's it. So it was really, it was really. What kind of vibe were you thinking of when you saw say the footage or, or the pitch that they gave you? Um, well, I think it was really good timing, I suppose, because when we had, when we had hanging out and talking about this, they were talking a lot about the themes of love is dead. And he was talking Mm -hmm. about wanting to make a game that fostered more empathy in people. Right. Um, And I guess I was like, Oh, good timing. We're at that point in our arc as well. Um, and I feel like, I think that's a very brave choice to be honest, creatively, Mm -hmm. because that's not necessarily something that you would automatically think would be popular in the gaming universe. But he's somebody that's so lauded and his creative scope is so great that he can make something like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, and then I was like, that's going to be easier for me to write on because it's a theme that I can relate relate to or want to puzzle over because there's still a lot of puzzling over it. So, yeah, and then that's what we went and we wrote. So, yeah, it was quite sad. But. It is, it is, and it's <laughs> it's an interesting, it's an interesting game. It's confusing too. Um, did you get a chance to play it yourself? Um, well, the guys have played it, and my my boyfriend who I'm isolating with has just started playing, and I know how it ends. So right. obviously, I know how it ends because this song goes at the end credits. So <laughs> I'm trying not to give too much away. Yeah, um, yeah. I did. Uh, refer to one of the cats as a bridge baby the other day and ah. I was like she's just a little bridge baby and he was like what I'm like nothing nothing but I feel like that's quite evident quite early on so maybe I'll get to that yeah so. very cool very cool uh, I thought it was awesome um before um you know we we're, we're obviously here to uh talk about music um but I would I would I, and I'm sure yourself too I'd feel a little irresponsible not using the platform uh, to mention the causes probably on both our minds at the moment. Um, and, as, you know, especially, I mean, where I am too, definitely. I'm in, in, in a large city um, and it's not too much difference in Canada, but in LA for sure, the message of, of anti-racism uh, and the importance of, of black equality. Um, and I've seen that you guys have, have posted some messaging on your social, social media, but I, I wanted to, with having you here, um, I wanted to ask if there was something that you wanted to say to your fans or anyone uh, that that's listening to the podcast. Well, I think when we were trying to figure out what to say about that, I was like, oh, it just feels, I feel like there's a lot of brands and companies and labels doing yeah. things just for a PR like, exercise. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of white people being really, defensive about it and mm. I would rather like I I'm sure like many people listen to this I don't consciously go around thinking that I am a racist person but mm-hmm. I think it's arrogant and naive to think that you haven't at the very least internalized a lot of things from the culture and society that we live in which is weighted towards the white race that just is the way it is and if you have like I hold my hands up to having been relatively ignorant to that. And I think even well-meaning, well-intentioned liberal people can have been ignorant to that. Mm -hmm. I hope that it's something that I continue to self-reflect on beyond this moment of trending, whatever. But if I see one more fucking black square and nothing else on the internet, so help me God. Like I just, it seems like the, like when I see like, like L'Oreal were posting about that, but L'Oreal mm-hmm. also 
fired a black trans model after she spoke out mm. and they're like well you can't ha- you can't just do it the nfl being like we stand for equality i'm like do you and then yeah. mike pence going on about how he believes that peaceful protest is the only way even though he is ugh, it's just <laughs> yeah it's belief but and you can go down it's easy to go down a rabbit hole uh, yeah. and i guess i feel like there are a lot of people that feel guilty and ashamed and of course I think, yeah you know i definitely feel that but then i'm like that that in itself you should sit with that obviously but that in itself is centering yourself in it and like maybe we need to take that guilt and shame and do something tangible that's not mm-hmm. just sharing an instagram like being like hey guys you should read these books which i probably haven't read either like that yeah I'll, like, I, 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 I thought yesterday when i was you know when i was scrolling through my instagram feed and sure enough like the whole thing was full of black squares mm-hmm. you know one thing that and maybe maybe i even feel a little guilty about it but one thing i was thinking was how many people are doing this because they feel an actual feeling to do it and how many people are almost feeling like well i better do this because i might be judged if i don't yeah well yeah and i guess that's what we all need to hold ourselves accountable course, for like yeah. intentionally or otherwise there's complicity you know Mm -hmm. and I think it's good if you can push people to feel differently about things and you know you see it with you see it on pride months you see on international women's day like people and brands are like I stand with women I stand with the queer community and I'm like because what do you what happens in your workplace what where do you spend your money and I understand that's privilege in itself to say I choose where I spend my money and I'm not perfect on that but mm-hmm. that's something I want to be conscious of going forward. Like I looked up a list of places that are some of the highest donors to Donald Donald Trump. And I'm like, in this moment, I don't want to spend my money there. <clears throat> when I looked at it, luckily, I've already been avoiding a lot of those places for other egregious reasons. But I kind of feel like, yeah, going forward in a post-trend moment, like I, in theory, pride myself on being an intersectional feminist. But then I'm like, yeah, but in this moment when it's when people when you're looking at this information and people are calling you out on it are there things that you should do differently are there things you regret you need to figure Mm. those things out and fucking do better because you feeling bad about it like that's the definition of like white fragility it's not really about you it's like i don't know and the whole to me i'm like all lives matter is just the men's rights of conversations about race (laughs) i don't when people whenever you say anything about feminism people are like well yes but like on the last record, I wore a T-shirt that was like, girls can do anything. And without fail, every gig photo we put up that had that in it, people would be like, um, I think that's, you know, boys can do anything too. And also right. that implies that girls should think that they can't do anything. Right. It's just yeah. missing the point. Like nobody said. Right. If, yeah. If there was 10 houses on your street and one house was on fucking fire, mm-hmm. you wouldn't go out in front of your house and be like, excuse me, all houses matter? Why are you sending right. the fire department <laughs> just to that house? Like that's yeah. just so... It's like defensive. I think that's, yeah, it's the defensiveness around it. And I'm sure that like, I definitely have felt like that about certain things for sure. Mm-hmm. I think we see it. I'm only going to drop the bomb and I'm going to run away. But like, I think you see that in Lana Del Rey's response to people speaking to her about what she had said. That's like the white defensiveness. Like it, mm-hmm. there was a way to have that conversation that could have been a lot more constructive. But when people had said, your actions have led to this or your actions are this from my perspective. You can't just deny that as a reality because you defensively feel guilty. Like that's not, I don't know. 
but and then obviously I'm not saying I'm definitely not perfect by any no I mean I mean that I think that's the whole the whole point on on how I mean obviously it was a very severe um, occasion that sparked this but it's been obviously going on for centuries and it's history repeating itself but even you know I, I'm I'm lucky that I grew up in a neighborhood that you know was multicultural and I went to school and especially when you're children you know there's 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 that quote going around that's you're not born knowing how to hate you know and um, it's it, that that kind of sparked a lot of me because I, I remember going to school and and I, I never even thought about what the color of someone's skin were and I was just used to you know, different, different races growing up with different races. And it really is come later that it, there's those stereotypes or messaging that, that you hear that you learn. And I, you know, I, again, I like, like you said, I, I, I like to think, not think, but I know that I'm not a racist person, but I'm sure there is, you know, we're, we're guilty of our own ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to ask, um, well, not ask, but I, I, I was, I was kind of curious, you know, being from a place like like Glasgow, my parents are from Belfast, and you know, being from from Glasgow or Belfast, you know, historically those have been cities that have had a divide, a hate divide as well. So, did some does something like this strike a specific chord in, in to you, or is it feel like something completely different? Um, I feel like it's different so far as I don't understand. I can never understand all the layers to what's around it but Mm -hmm. um i don't know i think the way human beings hate is pretty similar across the Mm -hmm. board like there's covert and overt ways of doing that and i think that that's what well-intentioned friends of mine and myself are struggling to grasp it's like yes you don't necessarily go out and use racial slurs to people in the same way as in glasgow most people i know do not go out and use sectarian slurs Mm -hmm. against each other but that doesn't mean that there aren't things that are happening in in your life in your workplace in on your in your backyard that you need to sort out like but i don't know like i grew up in rural scotland which is an entirely monoracial situation is there's none of that and then when i moved to glasgow there's definitely a more accurate representation of the universe but Mm. yeah i find it incredibly sad and then seeing yeah, yeah, like obviously not. I find it sad to see how. And, how and I did, yeah, and I, I, I didn't to see it. Like, if you don't believe that racism is real at this point, then you're just I, you're yeah. actively trying to not believe that. Like, I don't understand. Or trying to ignore it at least. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it, it, it is to be able to do that. I yeah, guess. and 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 I meant it in a way too. That's not like. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a very different issue, and, and it's one that you and I can't fully understand because we're we're not in that that minority. Um, but I just meant it from a standpoint a standpoint of understanding people hating people for what is a, a pretty much a nonsensical reason. Yeah, and I guess I feel like what I've been trying to do is like I'm lucky enough to be able to donate money, so I've been doing that, right, moving right. to the local peaceful demonstrations that have been here and there are so many peaceful demonstrations happening in los angeles it's just not all on the news mm-hmm. and just trying to think about how how can you use your position in not even terms of the public facing part of my work but like in general like i am 
like lucky to have a position. So how, where are you going to spend your money? What companies right. are you going to support? What are you going to do? And then also thinking about going forward, like we discussed towards the end of that tour, like I'm like, yeah, like we don't, the internal workings of how we are doing things are not representative of what we want them to be representative of. Mm -hmm. Like indie pop and indie rock is an incredibly white male straight space still. It, mm -hmm. it just is. And most, most venues we go to, most radio stations, most media outlets, like it is mostly white men, but it's mostly mm -hmm. white people. And that's something that we have to think about. Like I can count probably on less than two hands the amount of times anybody who isn't white has photographed this band. Mm. And I can probably count on the same two hands the amount of times we've been interviewed by somebody who isn't white. Mostly white dudes. No, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm swaying your 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 numbers the, to the. And <laughs> to that's the not something thing. that we can we necessarily mm. control because that's from within the media companies. But it's something we can think about in terms of like what creatives do we want to work with? Who who's who do we want to? I don't know. I think it's just it's important to have a have a fucking word with yourself, as my mm. my granny would say. <laughs> she wouldn't say fucking she'd be like how about we have a, how about, what are you we have a wee word <laughs> you know and i think that you know like that's something we all need to to do and be like mm -hmm. mm, are we do really are you really doing enough like oh yeah i don't know i don't think that i am so yeah no oh, chance if, if if you're thinking about it chances are there's always there's always more you can be doing yeah so <laughs> anyways to, to make things a little lighter to wrap up <laughs> <laughs> um we do sometimes a little kind of like a hot seat round Oh. on the uh on the podcast this season um so if you're up for it it's uh 12 questions in a minute they have to try and answer oh okay okay i'm gonna clear my throat first i'm gonna mute myself and do it yeah no problem i'm gonna get the timer ready and do it on my watch now honestly i'm allergic to everything in this place i don't understand great it's a great place to, to, to be quarantined where you're allergic to. yeah i was like maybe this is good immersive like get used to pollution and all the bugs you don't understand but yeah <laughs> okay i'm ready when you're ready i i think i'm ready i hope all right they're not they're they're not they're not too difficult don't worry okay <laughs> all right starting now okay rain or snow uh rain beetles or rolling stones beetles favorite snack food uh popcorn friends or skins friends uh, first album you remember buying? Um, other than bad top 40 compilations um, and like boy band stuff. Uh, I would say, yeah, probably No Strings Attached by NSYNC. I think that's okay. H&M uh, &M or Primark? H&M uh, and CD. Okay. Hip hop or country music? Uh, Casey Musgraves, if that counts as country. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, favorite favorite venue you've ever played? Oh, um, the Barrowlands in Glasgow. Okay, Adele or Celine Dion? Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, Celine, Celine Dion. Uh, would you rather get stuck on an elevator or a ski lift? And you're out of time. Um, One minute. You didn't do it. You're the first person who hasn't done it. <laughs> really uh i'm too slow maybe they I were think. harder maybe they're harder questions or like more thinking ones the album one takes a little while to think of i think i wasted time on that one that's okay like, i don't want to be like the top the now four ecd because i wasn't buying and my parents were buying me records you know what we here in toronto too though is everyone have the same answer we have uh well it doesn't really exist anymore but we had a music tv station called much music 
Oh yeah. It's every, anymore. It's still there. There's still, it's just called much now. Oh. Um, and I think they play something like 20% music now where it used oh. to be a music station. Um, and all our like famous interviewers came from there. Um, but they used to, every year they used to do a compilation album called big shiny tunes. And, <laughs> yeah. And it was like all like alternative stuff. Oh, and cool. everybody in the city, like, like, it's it's well known in Toronto that everybody had Big Shiny Tunes two specifically. Oh. They ended up doing like thirteen or fourteen, but everyone had number two. Oh. So. Because I was trying to think, and I was like, was it Spice Girls? But then I was like, no, I remember getting the first Spice Girls album for Christmas. I didn't buy it, so I was like, uh, okay, okay, yeah, so that one. Maybe that one should have been more specific. Or well, I think maybe I'm overthinking it. I think I don't. I don't think I've asked that one before in the speed round. But we'll we'll finish them out anyway. So stuck in an elevator or stuck in a ski lift? Oh God, um, ski lift. Ski lift. Okay. Yeah, because you could jump and just get hurt. I guess I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, favorite song right now? Oh, um, hypersonic missiles by Sam Fender. Okay. And the last question was the first thing you're gonna do post pandemic. Um, gonna go see my mom. Oh, very. That's a great answer. Very sweet. Or go to the go to the movies. Go to the movies and then see my mom. Go to the take movies first, and or take mom to see the movies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there a movie that you are waiting for to see? I mean, um, they've all really got pushed now, see, but to see uh, this one promising young woman, but I don't know if it's if they're keeping it until cinemas are open again. I don't know, mm. but um, it was it's like Carrie Mulligan in a kind of uh. post Me Too feminist revenge. Which is very on brand, if you think about it. But I, yes, I want to see that. <laughs> always get Carrie Mulligan mixed up with Michelle Williams. Oh, the Pixie Crops, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, every time I'm like, that's, and I have to think about it because I just watched The Greatest Showman the other day, which was Michelle Williams. I don't. I think yes, I've, Michelle I. Michelle Williams. Ian loves The Greatest Showman. For, oh, such a good. I'm not a huge musical. Yeah, I'm not mad on that. That is a great one. It is really, really good. He was very, very, very into it, and I was surprised. To be yes. Wait, have you not seen it? I've seen a bit of it, like okay. uh, like Christmas with my folks, but you I'm should. not really mad on the. I just a bit of a snob about like the vocal. The vocal stuff does does my head a bit. I've really? seen, like it's, like well, it's musicals the, in general, or that one specific. I think it's a style. It's a style of musical theater singing that okay. I'm not. Uh, like it's a style that times the way that the songs are produced and the vocals are really produced in a specific way, which is a very boring thing for me to say because <laughs> the songs are great and like everybody no, is great at singing, but I think it's just like tonally, I'm like, well, mm, I can't. Interesting. I'm, I'm sure it, it's something that you've not spoke about on a podcast before. <laughs> I, don't, I think, it, yeah, it's the same with, but it's like the pop radio production style put on right. theatre. And it was like I say, I think the way that people sing in musical theater film is different from theater. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's a lot of them. Yeah. It's film actors and actresses singing those things. So it's yeah, it's just a take. Well, that's what I heard. Like, I, heard Dis- I heard Disney Plus is doing like a, a like a version of they're doing Hamilton, but it's basically like the theater. They filmed a theater production of it. Oh, see and that? I'm like, okay. Yes, I'm like, but I'm like, why don't you just like? I'd rather like at that point just go see it. Like, I mean, maybe if you can't, you can't know, afford can you? a ticket, if you can't afford a ticket and right now you can't go see it, but 
So I guess I just argued my own point, okay. but yeah. But, yeah, like I feel, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, well, like, and speaking of, of compilation albums, they did, um, for Greatest Showmen, they did a compilation where like different artists covered the songs. I mean, like I, it sounds like you're a fan. I'm sure you enjoyed that. I am, but. I am. I did like it a lot. I did like it a lot. Sorry, <laughs> well, it's but not, it but came you know, from mixing up who Carrie Mulligan and Michelle Williams are. Millions of people love to glee. That was the biggest yeah, phenomenon yeah. in the world, you know? But then when I watched that, I was like, it's just not, yeah. not my vibe. And it's not because it's not fun and people don't like it. It's just like, the, it's the, I think it's a singer thing. I'm just like, I don't, it doesn't. Jeez, it doesn't way to have, uh, way to have an opinion there, Laura. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not fully coming out because all the people like it. And that, like, they're obviously very good at singing. But when I listen to something like that, it's just not, it's not my preferred. The Rolling Stone next week's going to have an article. Lauren Mayberry hates Glee. <laughs> Slammed Glee says yeah. singing is not cup of tea. Yeah, that's it. Uh -huh. <laughs> It's a tone, well, it's a tone thing. It's a style thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, just like, just like, uh, not everyone likes every type of music. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel happy for them. The acapella stuff is very impressive. It's just not, not my job. You no, know, I, I always hate when you meet someone. You're like, oh, what type of music are you into? And they're like, oh, I'm into everything. And it's like, well, that's not a real, that's not a real answer. I mean, you can appreciate <laughs> bits of everything, but you do have a favorite type of music. <laughs> well, and I think also because that's what we do. I guess in theory I'm like a professional singer well not singing is one of the parts of the job so I right. think I think about stuff in a certain way so when I watch stuff like that or like I could go on deep dives on the internet watching vocal exercise videos for ages that's really interesting stuff is really impressive do I want to listen to that in a different context not this no not really mm. like I feel like my favorite singers are not necessarily even the best vocalists a lot of the time but that's what about what you want to listen to and what you look for in music. So right. I look for, I want you to say something that's gonna fuck me up, man. Yeah. But I, don't want, I don't want to be like, oh my god, was that a high A above high C? Like I'll do that on YouTube for yeah. fun, and I'll be like, get it, girl, up you go. But I don't, yeah, I don't want to listen to that all the time. So, right. Well, anyway, fair enough. I thought I might stump you too with Adele and Celine Dion. Well, I mean, both. Both excellent ladies in other ways, but mm. Celine is one of the, she's one of the original divas, you know, go to respect true. that. That's true. And, and this is a Canadian podcast, so. Oh yeah. If I had gone, <laughs> if I had gone Adele, I would have been in trouble. Uh, no, I love Adele too. I, I love them both. Well, yeah. Lauren, thank I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to do this. I really. Yeah. Thank it. you for, for asking. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely! And congratulations on uh, ev you know all the success with Forever and and Love Is Dead, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next album. Awesome! Well, thanks, man, and we'll see you guys. We'll later. see you in Toronto, hopefully in 2021. <laughs> I hope so. Absolutely. All right, be safe, dude. You too. Thanks, Lauren. Bye. Bye, bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.